There seems to be some misperceptions in the aftermarket when it comes to replacing brake friction on tractors that were originally equipped with reduced stopping distance, or RSD brakes, from the OEM. Welcome to Truck Talk with Bendix, a regular podcast series from Bendix designed to help you better understand key topics in the commercial trucking industry. I'm your host, Denise Rondini. Joining me is Keith McComsey, Director of Marketing and Customer Solutions, Bendix, to talk about replacement brakes and safety. Keith, welcome back to Truck Talk. Thank you, Denise. I appreciate you having me on. There are two key junctures where fleets can make braking decisions that impact safety. In part one of this two-part podcast series, we cover the safety implications of brakes during the vehicle specification process. Now, in part two, we'll switch focus to the aftermarket. What do you think is the number one misperception in the aftermarket about brakes? In my opinion, Denise, I, I think it would be that fleets think that installing most any aftermarket brake shoe or air disc brake pad would provide them adequate brake performance to their vehicle. And so therefore, I don't think they fully understand the potential risks that they're exposing their fleet to. All brake friction components are not created equal. Some aftermarket components, they don't go through the same level of testing that the OEM brake components, brake shoes, and pads go through. And really, the only ones that can say that they meet the OE level of performance are the OE level components that are originally utilized. And additionally, non-RSD brakes do not have the same brake performance and stopping power as RSD brakes. All newer vehicles are mandated to have reduced stopping distance brakes. Does that hold true for replacement brakes? When it comes to new vehicles, you are exactly correct. The OEs are required to meet FMVSS 121 and their vehicle designs and manufactured to that standard. And therefore, tractors need to meet the reduced stopping distance requirements down to 250 feet at 60 miles per hour. And in a lot of cases, they even exceed that standard and go below the 250 feet. The belief in the aftermarket is that FMVSS 121 is a standard that's mandated to the OEMs only. And that's somewhat true uh, as far as when it comes to design and manufacture and what it needs to meet. And the roadways are, in reality, regulated by standards that are developed by the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, or FMCSA. And those get enforced through inspections by the Commercial Vehicle Safety Alliance, or CVSA. And so there is a standard that FMCSA has, and it it is number 393.40B2. And in summary, that states that buses, trucks, and tractor trailers equipped with air brake systems manufactured on or after March 1st of 1975 or trailers manufactured on or after January 1st of 1975. And this is the key component right here, is that it must, at a minimum, have a service brake system that meets the requirements of FMVSS 121 in effect on the date of manufacture. And so that's really a key key language, because in my opinion, that standard regulates the aftermarket in maintaining their vehicle's performance to what the 121 standard was that was in effect when that vehicle was manufactured. For example, if your vehicle was designed to meet the RSD mandate, then it should, in reality, continue to meet those reduced stopping distances. It doesn't make sense to have a mandate that only applies to the vehicle when it's first manufactured, and then that mandate no longer applies when the vehicle needs to get maintained. Uh, Otherwise, we'll have vehicles that only have a short life of high brake performance. So therefore, it's Bendix's position that really to maintain your vehicle's original brake performance is to replace your brakes with like-for-like friction. 
What are the performance impacts of using non-RSD friction when replacing friction on a truck that was originally specced with RSD friction? Really, those impacts are extremely significant. I mean, this could potentially be one of the largest stopping distance deltas on the road today. And so non-RSD brakes that were once designed prior to the RSD mandate were in reality designed to meet a stopping distance of 355 feet. And so if a vehicle was manufactured with RSD brakes that was designed to stop at 250 feet or less, that mandate then really created a 30% reduction in stopping distance, which is basically the difference of 105 feet from non-RSD to RSD. In reality, when fleets use non-RSD friction, they literally change their stopping distance by approximately, on average, let's say 100 feet. Imagine being a driver who drove their RSD tractor for years. They'd come to really be familiar with how the vehicle performs, how it stops, uh, how much stopping distance you need for various events that they've been through. And now it's time for that vehicle to come in for service. It gets fitted with new brakes, new brake friction, but its friction doesn't meet the RSD requirements. They used non-RSD brake friction. So the next day that that driver gets into his vehicle and starts driving again, that vehicle is much different brake performing wise than what it once was. It has a much longer stopping distance than it did previously. Consider you know, what that 100 feet is equal to. That 100 feet would be the equivalent of over six car lengths, potentially over two school bus lengths, and nearly uh, one and a half times the length of a tractor-trailer combination. So now imagine that that driver's reaction to needing 100 more feet to stop. Now this really then puts the driver seriously at risk, as well as other vehicles uh, on the roadway as well. Are there any other implications that fleets should consider outside of the vehicle's brake performance? Aside from the serious risk to the driver and other drivers on the road and the fleet equipment, there is really significant risk to the fleet when you look at it from a liability standpoint. So by adding 100 more feet in their stopping distance potentially increases the severity of the accident as well, which might have been considered a near miss when it was once an RSD vehicle, now becomes an accident or something even more severe that might include injury or worse yet, a fatality. If you're a fleet who reduces the brake performance of your vehicle by using non-RSD aftermarket friction, you're really putting your fleet at risk because during accident investigation or discovery, one of the questions asked to the fleet might be something of the sort, you know, have the aftermarket components that you used, uh, were they approved by the OEM? Or, you know, was the safest or the best performing brake part chosen? And if that answer is no, then that really could put the fleet at risk because they changed away from what was originally specced on the vehicle. How does this impact air disc brake pad replacement in the aftermarket? Well, in reality, if I had a second major misperception in the aftermarket, I would say it was that the industry believes that any aftermarket air disc brake pad will continue to give me original air disc brake performance, and that is completely false. Now, Bendix has tested a number of aftermarket air disc brake pads, and there's a significant number of them that increase stopping distance in reality to the point where they're worse than a drum brake, and even some were longer than the 250-foot RSD requirement. In a number of cases, those aftermarket pads didn't even meet the park hold capability requirement that is outlined in, in the 121 requirement that the original air disc brake pad once met. So therefore, you, know, you could put your fleet at risk for a tractor trailer rollaway.
I would ask any fleet, why would you try to save some money on your aftermarket air disc brake pads uh, and make the brake performance worse when you really invested the money when you spec the vehicle with air disc brakes to get that improved brake performance that you got from the OEM? And why would you turn your high-performance air disc brake into a brake with drum brake performance or worse? This well could all tie back to the increased risk to the fleet, not only for drivers and other drivers and the fleet equipment, but also the liability risk that I explained earlier and risk to the fleet for either an accident or lessening the performing aftermarket friction if that was used. In summary, really the best way to protect your fleet, your drivers, and others on the roadways is to replace brake friction, whether it's drum or air disc brake, with OEM like-for-like components. I've been speaking with Keith McComsey, Director of Marketing and Customer Solutions, Bendix. Keith, thanks for joining me to shed some light on aftermarket friction material. Thank you, Denise. It was a pleasure talking with you about these impacts to truck safety in the aftermarket. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play and discover how Bendix Solutions can help you improve performance, increase safety, and lower your total cost of ownership. You can also log on to knowledge-doc.com. That's knowledge-doc.com, where you can learn more about Bendix products and hear previous episodes of this podcast. I'm Denise Rondini, and thank you for joining us for Truck Talk with Bendix. Thanks.